and then this just gets gross again. I, I don't know what's going through Marshan's mind. I mean, licking an opponent under the nose is not something I would recommend. And look at Callahan's look here. This is like... around the perimeter. Bill has started his career out there on the point and making dangerous things happen. He misreads it. Marshawn's got a breakaway. A chance for his first NHL goal. Marshawn deeks and scores. Save the puck. Brad Marshawn gets his first NHL goal in game number 29. It's 1-0 Bruins, their first goal. Welcome back to the Something's Brewing Podcast, episode 79. 79. The David Warsawski and Jeremy Lazone Lazon episode. He Bring didn't him play, back. He didn't play enough games for me to remember how to pronounce his last name correctly, but it's his episode. Was he the one who got hit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're starting off <laughs> My fault. Was he the one who got hit with that slap shot at the end of the game like three weeks ago? (laughs) (laughs) Not laughing at the injury, just laughing at this chaotic ridiculousness of the the ridiculousness. Yeah, yeah, that was him. He famously of the Boston Bruins, Jeremy Lozon took a slap shot at the end of a period from some guy. I forget, like it was a goddamn like seven feet in front of him. Like it was a goddamn Chris Kyle snipe from a mile away, except it was ten feet away and it just hit him right in the kneecap. But in a in a game that they were, I think Nashville was winning. And the guy just just cocked back from six feet away, two seconds left on the clock, and just teed up on a clap bomb right into his leg for it was, no reason. It was basically like the distance from the net to Ridley Gregg's empty net slap shot. That was the difference. <laughs> that was also amazing, dude. dude. Dude, we'll get into that for sure because we have a question about that for later. But holy shit, I mean... Welcome to episode 79 of the Something's Brewing Podcast, as always, brought to you in partnership with the one and only Primetime Productions. You can follow them on Twitter at Primetime Prods. Um, you can follow our show's Twitter account at Brewing Something, no G at the end. And as always, you can follow myself at underscore Mike Sullivan, and you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Um, it's been a hell of a week, dude. It's been a weird week. Um, what was it? The Who, who did we open up after the uh, All-Star game? Who, wh- who we- was that? That was the Calgary Flames because I remember we were recording in the middle of it and we yes. said that uh, I think we both predicted that the Bruins were going to come back and win that game. And boy, were we wrong. Like that was one of the one of the most disgusting games I think I remember seeing the Bruins play this year. That was a horrible 4-1 to one loss. Yep. 
Yep. But then they um, followed up with a four nothing win in Vancouver. So. Yeah, and then they lose to the Caps. I'm like, what is that? Like, in a man A game. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. But yeah, that that game against Calgary, uh, Bruins only managed to muster up 22 shots. Um, they played terrible. Their 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 one goal was on the power play. Um, but that Vancouver game, dude, I don't even want to focus on Calgary. That everyone knows that game just sucked. But. Then you got, you know, first place in the league, Vancouver Canucks against second place in the league, Boston Bruins coming into the TD Garden. Bruins obviously following that terrible loss to Calgary. They absolutely shit stomped the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Linus Allmark gets his first shutout of the season following Thatcher Demko, just completely neglecting Jeremy Swayman's love and affection, completely just thwarted it away. So, you know. That's- that's what he deserved. Did you, did you see when they asked Swayman about it, though, what he said about how uh, – because it wasn't just Thatcher Demko. It was uh, someone else from the – oh, it was also the comments from JT Miller when he, when he in the shootout competition they did. What were, they, they, what were the comments? He was ba- They basically asked him, like, why they picked Swayman. I don't remember what he said word for word, why he decided to go down and shoot on Swayman. And he basically said that, like uh, – Swayman would be like the easiest to score on out of the other goalies. That's a bad paraphrase. It's basically something along those lines. Um, so it was just like a, a a war of of the words between the Bruins and Vancouver during All Star Weekend. Between that and then the the dub of the hug from Thatcher Demko. Does JT Miller not know who Jeremy Swayman is? I know. Wait, I, 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 need, to, I need to find the quote um, because this not, guy. I wouldn't be doing it a, a service. <laughs> this guy is just out to lunch. Does JT Miller even know? Like, what does he think? Patrick Waugh is still playing in the league? Marty Brodor? He's like, oh, yeah, if I had to pick between, you know, Swayman, Brodor, and Waugh, obviously I'm going to pick Swayman. The fuck? Yeah. What is his issue? They, they actually they wrote a whole uh, article on Mass Live about <laughs> what happened between the Bruins players and the Canucks players at All-Star Weekend. It talks about, of course, Demko uh, walking past – uh, Swayman without giving him a hug, and then Swayman looked so surprised he was like, "All right, whatever." And then Shesterkin <laughs> came in and gave him a hug. Um, it said it wouldn't be the first few between Bruin and Canuck goalies. Oh, that's talking about uh, Tim Thomas and uh, Luongo. Oh, they don't have the exact quote. It just says that fellow Canuck JT Miller chose Swayman as his goalie to shoot onto the one-on-one skills competition. Uh, yeah, they don't have the quote here, but he basically said something along the lines of like he thought that Swayman would be the easiest goalie to score against. That's why he picked him in the shootout. And wouldn't you know, he actually ended up scoring on Swayman doing the shootout, which kind of sucked. <laughs> but uh, they asked Swayman about it. I, I don't know when it was. I don't think it was. I I saw the video. I think today. I don't think it was from today. But they asked him about you know like what happened with Thatcher Demko, and he said how uh, like Demko like pulled him aside or something and like profusely apologized for that because he he didn't see him. But then he, I guess he gave Swayman a big hug after they were able to hug it out later. But it was just a a misunderstanding. But uh, yeah, Swayman had his you know had something to say in that game against uh, Vancouver. The Bruins, like you said, curb stomped the Vancouver Canucks for nothing. I think it was two, nothing after the first four, nothing after the second. And by that point, you're just cruising to a victory. Um, yeah. So, I mean, good you, game to watch. Yeah. Linus Allmark, after seeing that, you kind of knew he was going to get the shutout against Vancouver. Maybe not he the shutout, but you knew he was going to get the win. He, he, I'm telling you, he saw the way that Vancouver treated Swayman when he went to the all-star weekend and said, you know what? I am sticking up for my buddy and I'm going to go out there and slam the door on Vancouver. Uh, and I, it am, was cool I am sticking up for my babysitter. That is yeah. my babysitter. I don't remember. I think it might've been against the, um, the Washington capitals <clears throat> when, uh, 
Swayman was starting and Olmark was on the bench. Yeah, it was the Capitals. Yes. That was the game. Yeah. That was the game on ESPN. And Emily Kaplan asked uh, Olmark like about the hug and was like, you know, like what does it mean? Like, why do you guys do that? Like, what does it mean to you guys? And he was basically saying that like, you know, it's just it was never really supposed to be something that was that big, but like, you know, him and Swayman obviously have a good relationship and they very clearly love each other. I think those are his words. So they decided to hug it out after games and that, you know, especially in the sport of hockey, you don't really see that. And Omar was saying like, you know, everybody expects hockey players to be like big and strong and tough and not show emotion. So here we have these two guys who are, you know, playing the same position and we're showing emotion and we're showing affection in the form of a hug because we appreciate each other so much after the game and people either love it or hate it, but either way, we're going to do it. And it was like, wow, like that's really cool to hear, especially everything that's been going on recently with players taking leaves of absence, you know, for mental health reasons and every other reason for Omar to be like, yeah, you know, like we just love each other. And like people don't expect goalies or hockey players, especially to show that kind of uh, emotion and affection towards their teammates in in a public setting like that. So like, screw that. Like we're going to go out there. We're just going to hug on national TV in front of thousands of people every single game. And I thought that was pretty cool to hear that from, uh, from Linus Olmark. Yeah. Especially like uh, a position like goaltending too, when you're both fighting for the same position and there's only one guy who can play the net, but I mean, that just goes to show, you know, how much of that relationship plays into Jim Montgomery's, you know, philosophy of just rotating them. You know, if they, maybe if they weren't so buddy buddy and they weren't, you know, they, they didn't have such a great relationship with each other, maybe that rotation wouldn't work. But that's what makes this this team's chemistry unbelievable, and it's what makes this team great. Um, and we we do have questions about that later on in the show during the DM segment too. So I don't want to dive too deep into it, but um, but I mean, it's fair to say the Bruins not only have the best goaltending tandem in the league, but they just have the closest tandem in the league as well. It's it's crazy too, because, um, you know, I mean, we're at a point now, I feel like we're almost in like a golden age of goaltenders right now. I mean, yeah, the overwhelming majority of teams have their, their guy, maybe not their franchise guy, like their Vasilevsky or Shesterkin or Sorokin, but like they have their guy who they feel comfortable with as their everyday starter. And I, I can't even remember the last time I felt like over half the teams in the league had who they thought was their guy. So to see now where we are and there's like a different crop of goalies every year who are Vesna candidates. So for the Bruins, the last year they had the Vesna winner and the best goal in the league. And now this year they're who they people deemed as their backup is now the goalie in the all-star game. And the people who they deemed as the backup is also second. I believe I last I saw he was uh, second in the Vesna race right now. Like, what the hell? Like, these two guys, there's, I mean, we were saying last year, and especially coming into this year, these guys are so interchangeable. Like, it doesn't matter who you start, you feel just as confident with Swayman and Net than you do with Olmark and Net. And, like, they are literally backing that up every single night that they go out and they play because Olmark did it last year and this year Swayman's doing it. Olmark is still playing great this year, but this is definitely the year that Swayman has been like, all right. I got us this year. And, you know, Omar can kind of, he doesn't have to put up those numbers he did last year because now Swayman's had taken another step in his game. Yeah. Um, it's and the goaltending, you know, duo and tandem that we have really might be the foundation of this team's character too. I, I think it really, at least chemistry wise starts with those two. And that's why it's not so black and white when, when, People mention wanting to trade one guy and keep the other so that you, you know, you can spread out the money, you can spread out the, 
you know, assets that you have, save some. If you move one of these goalies, you can bring, you know, some assets into the into the team without losing any younger assets. But I mean, you have to consider the fact that these guys kind of play off of one another. And you, we've never seen Swayman without Allmark. And we've never seen Allmark without Swayman. Yeah. And um or at least we've never seen Olmark play well without Swayman because right. he was he was you know not bad in Buffalo, but it's like they're two entirely different goalies between him and Boston and him and Buffalo. And a lot of that, of course, isn't just Swayman; that's goalie Bob as well. But mm-hmm. it's also like I don't want to say it's revolutionary, but like I cannot. I, I mean, you can make an argument that it is. Like yeah. I, I, I can't think <laughs> of the last team that has had this kind of model in terms of how their team is built. And like, I, I don't know. I don't think the, like the Bruins didn't say, Oh my God, we're going to sign Omar as a free agent. And we're going to draft Swayman in like the fifth round. And this is going to be the identity of our team in a couple of years. Like, no, like a lot of this just kind of happened naturally. Like Swayman has become a monster since the Bruins drafted him. And Omar has, de- has, the guy is still developing as a 20 when he was 27, when he signed with the Bruins and he, then he started his development into the player he is today. So like a lot of stuff had to happen to get here, but like, I can't think of any team that has been able to execute uh, two goalies the way that the Bruins have like teams load up on, like think about Edmonton, like they load up on offense. That's their whole DNA. They got two of the best players in the league. They have, Last year they had, uh, if it wasn't the greatest, it was one of the greatest power plays percentage-wise in NHL history. Like you have teams that are rich in defensemen that, you know, they build their team from the defenseman or the goalie out. And the Bruins like, we're just going to get the two best goalies in the game and we're going to like figure it out. Like they've been figuring it out with their bottom six all year and they've kind of been figuring it out with their third defensive pairing all year. But like it doesn't matter as much because on any given night they're, probably going to have the best goalie on the night because it doesn't matter who of these two goalies they start. I can't think of any team ever doing that, like, and, and really being able to do that because, like, goalies now, I mean, if you want to leak guy, their price tag's only going up. You got to feel the team. You can't just have one goalie and a bunch of guys in front of them and say, go go pick up some wins. Like, you got to be able to feel the team as well. So their contracts definitely help. But the biggest thing for the Bruins is, like, all right, like, the goalie system that they've used, the 1A, 1B, and having both of these guys, of course, being elite goaltenders, worked fantastic last year in the regular season. And it's worked fantastic this year in the regular season. So I think they obviously still have to figure out how that's going to work in the playoffs. They tried just sticking with Olmark last year. Olmark was hurt. It didn't work out. Um, but like... I think last year, the 1A, 1B system, getting 65 wins, going to just one goalie in the playoffs and blowing it, and then this year, going back to the 1A, 1B system, uh, they're currently, I believe, three points behind Vancouver for the best record in the NHL. Like, I th- and like if you if you are able to, like, learn anything at all, like, they should hopefully realize, hey, maybe we should continue doing 1A, 1B in the playoffs and see what happens, because that's what made this team so dynamic during the regular season. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and I do want to say something before uh, we gloss over it, but tonight... Obviously, last night, as you're listening to this on Wednesday morning, um, Brad Marchand has hit his 1,000 career game mark. Um, career-wise, as we're recording, um, obviously, this can change um, You know, after this game tonight against Tampa Bay. Um, 999 games, 397 goals, 513 assists, 
910 points career-wise in 999 games. He's almost a career point-per-game player. Um, Stanley Cup champion. Hopefully at least one more before he retires. But, um, yeah, congratulations to Brent Marshawn. 1,000 games um, all with Boston. Obviously came alive during the 2010-2011 Stanley Cup playoff run. Um, So many moments that you can pick from out of his career. But it's been unbelievable to watch him. You, you know, for for what? Like, I don't know the number off my head, but it's going to be upwards close to 15 years, right, in Boston? I I, th- I believe his rookie season was the year they won the Cup. No? So, yeah, it's got to be 14 years now. 14. Yeah, right around 15, 15 years. 15, I fucking nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy, dude. And and to see, like, how much his game – I I know we've talked about this before. Everybody has. But to see how much his game has progressed since – you know, the first time we saw Brad Marshawn, like he went, even in, in the playoffs against the Vancouver Canucks, he had a monster playoffs, but a lot of eyes were rightfully on Tyler Sagan. That's the guy that just took second overall. He basically single-handedly won one of those games against Tampa. He was also getting benched every now and then in the playoffs as well. It was a whole experience with him and um, to see him and Brad Marshawn and the way that Brad Marshawn was able in his rookie year, a guy who was, wasn't he like a fifth round pick as well? He was, oh, he might've been a third round pick. Either way, Marshawn? like this yeah. Third round, 71 overall. Yeah, like this undersized guy, a guy who started his career as like a fourth and third liner, a guy who was, you know, kind of a scumbag. He's going to, you know, piss people off. He's going to uh, lick people's faces and get under their skin. <laughs> and, you know, the point production goal scoring wise was almost a secondary part of his game back then. And to see him blossom into a 100 point scorer, knocking on the door of 40 goals, like you just said. He's the captain of the Bruins, you know, a thousand games. He's going to get a thousand career points. I mean, if you were to tell me back then that this is the career this guy was going to have, I wouldn't have believed you. Cause there was, there was, um, they were going, they were talking about trading him back then when it was between him and Lucic. And yep. very, very glad that they picked the right guy. Marshawn stuck around. So congrats to Marshawn. I also noticed um, on game time right now, the cheapest ticket to a game tonight is $63. Yep. Um, I, I kind of wanted to go through this too. So there were three picks. I want to see if you can guess. Um, there were, yep, there were three picks before Brad Marshawn in that year. Can you guess the three? If you get all three, I will be shocked. If you get two, I would be surprised. If you get one, I'll be happy. Like three picks from the Bruins or like the three p- players taken right before him in the draft? No, no, no. Three picks from the Bruins. Okay. I was going to say, Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, um, no, no, no. You're on, you're on Pierre Maguire. <laughs> you what, you know. what year was he drafted? Oh, six. Oh, six. To give you a little bit more um, context to this, the Bruins in the first round had the fifth overall pick. So let's go. We'll go by pick. So fifth overall pick Boston, 2006. Oh, can I get a position? Uh, right winger and the players before him, Eric Johnson, Jordan Stahl, Jonathan Taves, Nicholas Backstrom. Fifth overall pick. Um, is it Blake Wheeler? It is Mr. Phil Kessel. No, Phil the Thrill. <laughs> Phil the Thrill. Oh, man. Second, the, the second pick by Boston. Great pick. I, I, I would be shocked if you got this because, I mean – I have I have no idea who this guy is to be completely honest with you. What's his position? He's a defenseman from Russia. His first name is Yuri. Not from Stranger Things, but <laughs> but same name. Yuri Fedorov. 
Almost. You got the last part right. Yuri Alexandrov. All right. If it's Russian, just throw an ob at the end, then you know you're going to be close. <laughs> right. You'll at least be halfway there. <laughs> and then the pick before Marshawn, you kind of mentioned him before. The pick before Marshawn? Uh, a third round. The Bruins had two third round picks. Um, This was in the second round. Oh, what position? Was it in the second round? It was in the second round. Left winger. You mentioned him before. Oh, Blake Wheeler? No, no, no. Who his, name, was a- his name is forever redacted from Boston Bruin history. No. His name, his name will never be mentioned again. Was he on the team to start this year? He was. Lucic? Yeah. Scumbag. 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 Piece of shit. See, I, I couldn't even think about him because I've already removed him from my memory. I've already burned my Lucic jersey. Yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, those are the picks before Marshawn. And, uh, I mean, he's the only one remaining on the team still. He's the captain of the team. He's a Stanley Cup champion. Um, he's a perennial all-star, uh, a league-leading scorer at, at times in, in his career. He's a pest. Um, and just – his number is it, 63 is infamous in, in Boston Bruin lore for, for the rest of history. Um, so congratulations again, Brad Marsh on a thousand games. I hope he gets a hat trick tonight so he can cap off this 1000 game with 400 even career goals. It would be beautiful. Um, what uh, 63 gets retired. You think, right? Uh, has to, ha- has to, I, 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 if he, cause yeah, it has to. I mean, a thousand games. He's going to get a thousand points. Stanley Cup ring and a captain. They got to retire his number. I'm looking up the career. I don't think even if they history. don't, even if they don't retire his number, I don't think that anybody. I don't think they have to worry about anybody ever wearing 63 because it's it's an ugly ass number. If we're being that's, honest here, that's true. Um, <laughs> in terms of uh, games played, he's at eight. 23 behind Chara, 27 behind Cashman, 32 behind Krejci, uh, 52 behind Don Sweeney. Goals, he's right now in fifth place, five goals behind Rick Middleton, and uh, 32 goals behind Bergeron for third. He could honestly end up second on the all-time goal list behind Johnny Busick. He could end up passing Espo. Um, assists how, many, wise, how many goals does he need to pass Espo? Espo right now um, is at 459. Brad Marshawn is at 397. So this year, for the rest of this year and then next year, you'd have to go on a tear. But he'll be close. He'll be very, very yeah. close. Um, Assists-wise, he's going to wind up maybe top five. Um, he's at 513 right now. In fifth place is Krejci at 555. Bergeron's at 613. And then Bobby Orr, 624. Bue, 6794. Ray Bork, 1111. That's never going to get touched. Ridiculous. Yeah, that's never going to get touched. Um, Until Potch was healthy. Yeah. Points wise, <laughs> points wise, all time Ray Bork, 1506. Second, uh, Johnny Busick, 1339. Third place, Bergeron, 1040. Fourth place, Espo, 1012. Fifth place, Marshand, um, 900. So, I mean, those are those are pretty historic numbers in terms of the franchise. Yeah, I mean, if he plays, if he plays three more seasons, do you think he can, he's going to play three more seasons? 
I bet you his contract runs out and then he signs for he does the Bergeron and just goes one by one until he's done. Yeah. All right. Let's say he plays three more seasons. I think it's very likely that those will be three 20 goal seasons. Yep. And I think it's, it's very likely that those will be at least three 50 point seasons. At least. He's probably going to shatter those. It's He's probably going to end up top five in goals, assists, points, uh, games played. And if that's the case, then he's got the ring, and that would be, what, four seasons as a captain? He's a, he's a shoo-in to get his number retired. He He's... I think he's already there. He's yeah. it is, he's just kind of cementing his legacy at this point. If he really wants to cement it, and obviously, I mean that's a stupid <laughs> that's a stupid comment, but like obviously he does. But if if you want to, no <laughs> doubt about it, like like no discussion. If he's able to win one more cup in Boston, hang it up already. Like it's 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 done. It's it's a it's a no conversation deal. <laughs> it's a matter of uh, it's it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Um, but yeah, Brad Marchand has had a hell of a career, and you know we got at least one more year of him too. So I'm excited to see um, where David Pasternak finishes his Bruins career on those on those mm-hmm. lists. You got to think he's he's coming for that goals record. I mean, he's Dude. where where is he right now? He's I, be- I was. I was just gonna say he's already eighth all time in goals. He's right behind Neely. He's he's ten goals behind Neely. Um, dude, he's gonna sm- he's gonna smash that record. Holy shit, <laughs> Johnny! Dude, Johnny Busick is the is the all time franchise leader at five forty five. Posters Posternak is already at three thirty four, and he just signed a goddamn eight year deal. Yeah, and he's he's like just turned twenty eight. Like yeah. <laughs> he's going to destroy that record. He's gonna shatter that record, dude. It is all oh, yeah. That excites me. I didn't even think of that. That pumps it's, me up. It's cool to see like a lot of uh, like recent, I guess, recent history. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. Yeah, but like no, like, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like I feel like like growing up, like you hear like you know the legends of the Boston Bruins who have come here before, and like like you know Busick and Cam Neely and Orr and Bork, and their names are littered all over you know the top ten lists of everything that this franchise has ever done. And nope, here's Bergeron now. He's top three. He's one of our generation's guys. I grew up yeah. watching him. And then up, yeah. oh, he's the next generation. I mean, there's you know 10, 11 year old kids who are, know everything about David Pasternak now, and now they're gonna watch him. He's gonna be you know he's gonna have the goals record someday brad marshawn he's another one of our generation's guys so i mean i, I understand that's how time works and like you know history <laughs> happens. i don't know it, it's just it's cool to see like these guys that we grew up watching you know like staking their names as the bruins greats that i always heard about when i was growing up as a kid yeah yeah like like you said dude like our parents always mentioning guys like you know bobby or cam neely ray bork the greatest defenseman you know toss them out between or and bork but they were both boston bruins and now we have our own generation i mean i mean that generation won cups we had we had 2011 obviously there probably could have been a couple more in there but shit happened should have yeah yeah. nolachari was tripped but we're not going to talk about that um but like Bergeron, Marshawn, Krejci, name redacted. Um, Zdeno Chara, like dude, Tim Thomas, Tuka Rask, like like every generation. And that's what I love about Boston sports is that I feel like there's some markets out there who are just in it. Just they don't really have that kind of history. They don't have that level of um, of of care and, and compassion to the actual team itself. Like we have legit 
legends. Legends, names that will never die. They'll never go away. The name Bobby Orr is synonymous with the Bruins. The name Cam Neely is synonymous with the Bruins. The name Patrice Bergeron always will be a Boston Bruin. Marshawn, all these guys like you just mentioned. And like teams like, imagine being a fan of like Columbus. Like, oh, (laughs) kill me. Kill me. They don't have anyone. I know, and it's cool too. Because I was thinking too, like the like the Florida Panthers, like Macachuk is already like one of the greatest Florida Panthers of all. He's had a sip of coffee there, like he you know he helped bring to a Stanley Cup. Yeah. But like you know, like the Bruins, like you, those names you just mentioned, like you get your name on you know the list of a Bruins legend. You get your name on a top five all time list of the Bruins. You're a Hall of Famer. Like you're a oh, shoe in yeah. Hall of Famer. Like that's just that's how it works. So that's I guess one of the perks of being an original six team. And like and now I'm thinking about Columbus. Like Rick Nash is the greatest that, Columbus player of all time. Like, that's we what had I was him for say. eleven games or whatever it was. Yeah, and he'll always be a Boston Bruin. But I mean, yeah. dude, like honestly, like Columbus San Jose has had some good players down the line, but like Dallas just has Mike Madonna and that's it. Yeah. 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 Minnesota. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jamie Ben, I guess you can include Jamie Ben. Yeah. Tyler Sagan. Uh, Minnesota's a team that like you would think would have a rich history. They just haven't been around long enough. Yeah. I mean, unless I you mean, want to include the North stars, but I mean, that's could. Carolina's history now. LA has a great history. Uh, I'm just trying to think of markets. Wait, that no, maybe... sorry. That's Dallas's history. My mistake. I was thinking about the green and I mixed them up with the whalers. Oh yeah. Well, you mean the hurricanes, <laughs> 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 but I mean, yeah, it, like we're, we're just, we're lucky enough to be able to root for this team and this franchise for as long as we have. And, and kind of as a young kid, put our roots into this history that were passed on from generation to generation. And it's amazing. It's great too, like being um, a fan of not even just the Bruins, but just being a fan of teams in a, in a big sports market like Boston. Like, Oh my God. Like I can't even think about like fans of small market teams who are constantly sweating every year. Of, if, are we going to lose our team this year? Are we going to move? Cause it, it like <laughs> the last, the last decade or so, between not just the NHL, like I mean, we've seen two new teams pop up, but like between all North American sports, there's been so many teams popping up or moving. Like Atlanta's gonna get an NHL team now. Who's moving? Is that gonna be a new franchise? And you know, being like a, a Boston fan or a Philly fan, um, I mean, even LA has lost teams in the past. But uh, New York fan, like you know that you know you're always gonna have stability. They're always gonna come out, unless you're the Red Sox. I don't know. Yeah. That's for a yeah. different pod. That's, but, yeah. uh, no, it's <laughs> very agree. fortunate to be a Boston sports fan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, shout out to Brad Marshawn. Absolutely privileged to watch him for 15 years in Boston. Um, we're lucky that the ownership group cares enough about our foundational players, <laughs> you know, to keep them here, to build them up as Bruins, um, to, to build up their legacy in the city that cares so much about the sport that we love. Um, and it's, it's, I'm very, that's, see, that's something that I am just so thankful for. Um, I don't think I would be at the same level of fandom that I am and have always been if the organization itself didn't invest as much as they do into the team for us as a whole. Like it's, it's amazing. 
even to like not just the team as well but even like the like the community too like the bruins mm-hmm. i mean i know a lot of teams now are, are heavily invested in their communities as they should be but like the bruins have always had their fingerprint on a lot of what's going on in the hockey culture around new england like i know the rink that you and i grew up skating in the rink that we both work at they have a whole uh, Bruins fundament. It's called Bruins Fundamentals. It's a whole uh, hockey learn to skate program sponsored by the Boston Bruins. Everybody gets cool little Bruins uh, jerseys that they wear. That I know the Bruins have sent out uh, players all over the place. They do uh, you know appearances at uh, local hospitals. They do camps, clinics. I did a, a clinic with John Pia McKenzie once when I was like ten years old. The guy scared <laughs> the living shit out of me, but it was still pretty cool because he was on the Bruins. Um, so it's been it's been cool, you know, being a Bruins fan. It, and especially too, because like sometimes like you think about like man, like sports are dumb. Like if I wanted to, I could just I'm a Red Wings fan. Like you know, <laughs> but it's it, like you could do that with any team. But like thinking about like I don't know, like the Bruins and like it's such a representation. I feel like of myself and like the community and like all of New England. I can't even I can't, I don't even want to put like a hat. Or a jersey of another team on my body. I have a Matt Duchesne uh, Colorado Avalanche t-shirt. Never wore it. I bought it. I thought I might. And then I think about putting it on and I'm like, I can't. Like, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Dude, see, like, that. that's the thing. Like, if, if for us, that would be treason. If you just switched <laughs> fan bases or, like, if you were a Fairweather fan, like, oh, then you're not, like. Uh, you're not as dedicated as you know as some people are. <laughs> you're not as big of a fan as I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, who do you think you are? I am. But, <laughs> but like the 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 only thing I will say about like other gear um, is that I will only wear you're like, sure like I didn't even notice that. yeah, I'll wear like the retro stuff. Like if you're watching the video right yeah. now, we'll post this on YouTube. Um, like I have the Anaheim Ducks, like Mighty Ducks logo T-shirt on. Like that is sick. I have an Anaheim Ducks hat with the vintage logo. I have, um, I don't know why, but I have an Atlanta Braves hat for some reason. I don't. Hey, I don't, they I were the Boston t- Braves once. They were. So I didn't stray too far from the apple tree, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but, there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I would never like switch yeah i know know? some of like some and by the way if you if you're someone out there who wears jerseys or hats or merchandise or apparel of a team other than your favorite team totally fine i don't i'm not i'm not hating anybody who does at all i'm just saying for me for me personally um the nhl retro stuff is really cool i would rock that sh- i i noticed that shirt as soon as we sat down that's a pretty sweet the, the old uh anaheim ducks the purple shit i'm all over i would wear like old stuff but like i you would never catch me in anything i wouldn't even put a toronto maple leafs dog collar on my dog that yeah. is how like that is that is sacrilegious that is treason toronto montreal and probably the rangers I would never, ever, ever put any of their apparel, anything on my body whatsoever. The Matt Duchesne Colorado Avalanche jersey, I think it's far enough. He's not even, is he even in the league anymore? Where, where is he now? I mean, that's a jersey I could put on, but uh, I think he's in Dallas. He's been around. I wanted him when he was on Nashville. He was in Ottawa for a hot minute there. Damn, he's been all over the place. But uh, yeah, no, but like, other, especially other. Other team hats, I'll rock other team hats, but 
Yeah, jerseys, it's a little, little weird for me. Jerseys is a tough call. I, you will never catch me dead in a Toronto Maple Leafs anything. Wristband? No. Socks? Absolutely not. Underwear? Only if I shit myself. Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't that, even wear it. I would just, never mind. That's too gross. <laughs> use it as toilet paper? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just wipe my asshole with the Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. I don't if, care. If you ever see me wearing a Toronto Maple Leafs, you didn't have to go that graphic. I didn't, have to, I didn't have to go that deep. That's all right. <laughs> if you ever catch me wearing a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey, it's because I've been kidnapped, uh, I've been held hostage, um, or I'm dead. I will never put Toronto Maple Leafs apparel. And you know what? And, and Toronto Maple Leafs fans 100% understand where I'm coming from because they would say the exact same about Boston Bruins merchandise. Oh, yeah. That is the thrill of rivalries, and that's just passion for the game, baby. Yeah, as long as I'm alive, I'll never let you or let anyone put a Toronto Maple Leafs themed anything near you. Yeah. If somebody ever gifted me, like, a Toronto Maple Leafs anything, I I would I would kill them. Like it was, I would, I would never talk to them again. It could be my own mother giving it to me. <laughs> See, no, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> is there anything, is there anything Toronto Maple Leaf themed that you would accept? Yes. The, uh, the, like the bumper sticker of like the, the guy wearing the Bruins jersey who's taking a leak on the Maple Leafs logo. Okay. I, w- okay. I would wear one of those. That's probably the only time you would ever see in the Maple Leafs logo on anything that I own. Um, Outside of like the obvious that I'm thinking of, like toilet paper, obviously everybody in Boston should have that in their house. You can already. print out the logos and put them as little targets in your toilet bowl to aim for when you're taking Oh, I love that, dude. Yeah. I was thinking like Toronto Maple Leaf themed cotton swabs just fucking dig out all the gunk and just wipe it on their stupid leaf like (laughs) there you go you can put it on on the bottom of the trash can so when you're throwing stuff in you're always throwing you know trash on top of the logo you could put it uh, you could put a giant like um what, what were those stickers called that you would put on your wall um, and there was like life oh, fat heads, fat heads. You, could, you could put a Toronto Maple Leaf fat head of either like the logo or Matthews or Marner um, on, in, in the bottom of a dumpster. That's beautiful. You could get Toronto Maple Leafs matches. So every time you light it, you can watch them burn. I mean, you can also turn on your TV and watch them burn every night, but you can also <laughs> do that when you're like lighting candles or something or getting the fire started. Yeah, you can, you can, there's a lot of Toronto Maple Leaf themed things. You're, your options are, are endless. You can get as creative as you want. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think whatever you decide to put your Toronto Maple Leafs logo on, you know, the the toilet bowl, the trash can, cotton swabs, <laughs> nothing will ever be as um, disgusting, as troublesome. Nothing will ever, ever be as vile as watching the Toronto Maple Leafs try to play a hockey game because right. – they can be absolutely brutal sometimes, especially when they play the Boston Bruins. Don't know what it is. That's another perk of being a Bruins fan. You get to watch them kick the shit out of the Maple Leafs seemingly every time they play each other, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, both of us history nerds, I mean, we both know that history repeats itself, and that's why... That's just how it goes. Yeah, it's just how it goes. It's just, listen, it's not our fault. It's not anyone on the team's fault. It's, listen, Toronto fans, stop getting on your guys. It's just the way that it is. You guys are just... 
it's fake. I mean, it's sometimes you just the the things are like there's higher powers. Like sometimes there's always somebody else pulling the strings. Some people call that person God. Some people call, you know, they give them other names, Zeus, Jupiter, whatever you want to call them. That person hates the Maple Leafs. Zeus hates the Leafs. That's what it comes down to. (laughs) They're just not Leafs fans. And that's okay. I mean, it's not okay for Leafs fans. It's okay for the rest of us, you know? So. Listen, I don't know. Not- you know what it was when the Toronto <laughs> Raptors, when the Toronto Raptors won the championship, that was like that was your sacrifice for the Maple Leafs. It was it was either the Toronto Blue Jays, the Toronto Maple Leafs, or the Toronto Raptors are gonna are gonna do this thing for Toronto, and it was the Toronto Raptors. Unfortunately for Maple Leafs fans, and that's it. That was your one chance. That was your one ring. You can forget about the Maple Leafs. See, and this is the thing. That makes me know that it's literally just a Leafs thing for me. I respect the hell out of Blue Jays fans. I think the Blue Jays are fun as hell. I really do. That Jose Batista like grand slam in in what was that? What year was that? Twenty seventeen. Yeah, but then it was immediately rescinded when he literally got knocked out by Rugnet Odor on second base. <laughs> see, see, that's fate. That's just fate that's in Toronto. True. That's it's, it's telling you. <laughs> you know what, dude? It actually is fate because the 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 the, the Austin Matthews best friend in the world, biggest Toronto Maple Leafs super fan, was, biggest forehead in the world was Jim Montgomery's assistant coach in the All Star Game, which we won. Justin Bieber won a title with Jim Montgomery, the Boston Bruins head coach. This is fate. Toronto just cannot get out of the Boston's way. Toronto wins and they can't even really properly celebrate it because Boston won too. <laughs> yes, Justin, we got the famous pictures now. Justin Bieber and Jim Montgomery high five and getting all excited. Toronto Maple Leafs fans have to look at that forever and be like, that's Boston's head coach. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that win was probably the, the biggest moment in, I mean, I don't want to say franchise history over the last, 25 years because they did get that, you know, their first playoff series win last year. I don't want to take that away from them. I know how much Ooh. that means to the city and the organization to get that playoff win under their belt. That's true. But but this is probably right up there, you know, winning the all-star game on your home ice with a Bruins head coach, you know? Yep. So happy yeah. for him. Happy for Toronto. <laughs> Toronto finally <laughs> got a dump. Hey. Um, but all right. I mean, shit. I think we should probably dive into the uh, dive into the voicemails. I know we got some calls on the Lovell line from Lovell himself. Um, That's we right. got some we got some new voicemails from some new callers, which is always exciting. Um, keep sending them in if you're listening to the show and you haven't sent in a voicemail yet. Why? I think you should do it. It's fun. It's a great time. We don't bite. You know, we we want to include you guys on the show. So if you're listening and you haven't sent in a voicemail, um, our our voicemail line is on our show's Twitter page. Just go there. You don't have to worry about either of us answering. It's going to go to the voicemail. So don't don't get all nervous. Um, It's just going to go to the voicemail and then just leave your thoughts and we'll play it on the show. And if, you know, understand heat of the moment, you know, you can flub your words. I know I've done that plenty of times. If you ever, if you ever leave a voicemail and you mess up or you think, oh man, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Don't play it. Just let us know. We won't play it. We're not gonna, we're not here to like clip bait people. We're not gonna do that. We've already had a, we've already had a couple instances of people who have left voicemails and either like they said the wrong word or they'd like lost their train of thought and they had to text us or like message us and be like, I know we're thinking of the same one. They had to message yeah. us and be like, 
don't play my voicemail. That was terrible. <laughs> and we didn't do it. But. Yeah, like sometimes like it'll just stop and hang up in the middle of like the question, and it's like oh, they just <laughs> that, we, that wasn't it. We had we had one person leave a voice. This was honestly like a year ago. It was yeah. months, 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 months ago. I don't even believe they probably don't listen to the show anymore. But they were leaving no a voicemail. <laughs> they're in the they're in the middle of asking a question, and and like they realized like their question was kind of dumb so they just stopped talking they're like yeah you know like this isn't their question i can't remember what it was but like yeah you know like i gotta ask you like you know everything with like david posnock like what like what do you like it's and then they just stopped talking and then like, they just hung the phone up when they text us and we're like donate they'll put that question on we're like yeah. okay we won't we're like okay yeah we're like okay we get it so my yeah, story like, is give us a call yeah and like most said like we're not here to like you know like uh like bait you into like embarrassment or anything like if you don't want us to play it if you send one leave one and then don't want us to use it just tell us we won't use it but um yeah, yeah call, call in it's fun um hear yourself yeah. on the show we want to hear more from you guys so keep yeah, them coming and I- and you already mentioned it. I don't know the phone number at the top of my head, but it is uh, in the Twitter bio of the Bruin something account at something Bruin no G. Do you want me to oh, read it off really quick? I, I said it the other way around. It's on the something's Bruin account <laughs> at Bruin something no G. Yeah, you can read the number off quickly. All right. So the number, if you want to get a pen and paper, jot this down real quick. It's 508-263-0854. 508-263-0854. That's right. And you call it. Nobody picks up. It goes right to voicemail. And you get to hear Sally's beautiful voice doing our pre-recorded uh, voicemail thing. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe it'll be like roulette. Maybe I'll pick it up one day and just have a conversation <laughs> with someone. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> all ready to leave a voicemail. Just you. Oh, hey, I'm in the mail truck right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is uh, who am I talking to right now? I'm on my route, but I can I have a few minutes. I can talk. <laughs> All right. All right. Before we get into the Louisville line, we do have three voicemails. This first one is from February 6th at 9.15 p.m. I remember this specifically because this person tweeted at us to say, hey, I just I just put I just gave you guys a voicemail. You know, I'm watching the uh, Flames game right now for your next episode. But we drop episodes Wednesday morning. So we've been holding on to this voicemail for the last week. um, Because, of course, this was given after we dropped our most recent episode. So this was right after. The Bruins lost uh, four to one to the Calgary Flames. Hey boys, it's DJ. Watching um, can the Bruins play the Flames right now? I just want to say this team makes me want to eat rocks sometimes. <laughs> I mean, if uh, y'all feel the same way, thanks. Yeah, man, they're absolutely freaking brutal. So that, especially during that Calgary Flames, like forget, forget rocks, dude. I, what's what's a handful of worms? Like I don't <laughs> think of what's worse than rocks. Thumbtacks. Yeah, Legos. <laughs> yeah, it's the dude. It's the inconsistency. You come out flat against Calgary, then you curb stomp Vancouver, and then you come out flat against the Caps. It makes no sense. But especially one hundred percent, I get it. And I feel like some of us could. Uh, Oh, not feel like this was coming, but like, you know, like the Bruins go into the all-star break. They don't have a game for like eight days. And it would be like, it would be a very Bruins thing to just get smacked by one of the worst teams in the league. And sure enough, they got smacked coming out of the all-star break by one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. But, and, and by the way, freshly off of the Elias Lindholm trade, by, by the way, mm-hmm. but um, 
I mean, we don't want them to win the president's trophy anyways. So, I mean, I'll take a loss here and there. Let them, let them, let them, let them figure out what it's like to lose. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Still first in the East, baby. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah. All right. We got another one from uh, DJ on Thursday. So this was, uh, let me pull out my trusty little calendar here, who they play on Thursday. They play the Canucks on Thursday. This was after a four to nothing win against the Canucks. Boys, it's DJ again. This team no longer makes me want to eat rocks. Let's go, fucking bees. <laughs> that's literally that's been the Bruins' experience this year. One game to make you want to eat rocks, and they beat the best team in the league, and now you don't want to eat them anymore. Yeah, you go from eating rocks to eating like uh, a, a five-star rated restaurant steak tips. Like it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. And then I, I wish I wish you would have called it again after they lost the, uh, the Capitals. <laughs> Boys, I want to eat rocks again. <laughs> fucking rocks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got another one Thursday night. This was at uh, about a half hour after DJ's call. So this is also following the 4 nothing win against Vancouver. Shout out, DJ. Thank you, Colin, from Burlington, Vermont. Do we think there's any uh, All-Star hangover coming to Swayman following the All-Star weekend? I mean, maybe he was getting a little feisty with uh, Tate McRae, but... <laughs> oh, in this Canucks game in Olmark, it looked like the whole team was clicking on all cylinders, but... Cheers, guys. Go Beast. Yeah, uh, Tate McCray was giving him the eyeballs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Swayman's got a girlfriend now, though. I don't know if you heard on Twitter, so I don't think, oh, I think yeah, the, I the Tate McCray rumors of Swayman are probably gone. Should we even, should we even like... No. Okay, I didn't think so. Be, um, be for real. Be, get, come back to reality, some of you. Come on. Yeah, that was that was brutal. I I hadn't been on Twitter all day. I got on Twitter. I saw a lot of people saying this was a weird day for Twitter, and I was like, "What? I don't. I think I was working. I don't know what happened." And then I found out what happened, and just just brutal. What are we doing, people? Yeah. Um. But yeah. But the swimming. Honestly, listen. I don't know if it was because of the what we what we talked about at the beginning of the episode, the whole Thatcher Demko not wanting to hug him situation. Could have been could have been weighing on Swayman's mind, but uh, no, the game against Calgary wasn't great. Uh, the game against uh, the Capitals, I mean, the Bruins, whole Bruins team looked like dog water. They didn't have a shot on goal for the first nine minutes of the game. Yeah. They had they had at the end of the second, I think they had like six shots. That was, it's the matinee games. I don't know what to tell you, but definitely hasn't hasn't been particularly the Jeremy Swayman that we've seen. You know, the first half of the season coming out of, out of the All Star break, but I don't know. I'm just imagining during that Vancouver game, Swayman on the bench, just like constantly, like giving the side eye down to Demko, be like, "Motherfucker, didn't hug this, me. That this piece of shit left me hanging. That All I wanted ass. to do was spread the love. All I wanted to do was give him a big fucking hug, and he said no. That son of a bitch. God, <laughs> I'm gonna take his Vesna. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I'm I'm with you. I think just like I mean. Um, I'm interested, actually, this might be a little project I'll do, um, but players uh, coming out of the all-star break and their first like three games out of the break, like how are they doing? Because mm. I'm like, like a lot of players, I mean, um, a lot of players got that week, week and a half off. Swayman didn't. So, I mean, That's maybe there point. was a little bit of a hangover. Yeah. Yeah. Does Pasta have any points yet coming out of the break? I'm pretty sure. Uh, pretty sure he's uh, he, pretty sure he exploded in um 
He he had an assist against Calgary. He had two assists against Vancouver. So yeah, okay. So it's just Swayman then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just Swayman. Yeah, because dude, he's got lost in Tate McCray's eyes, and, and <laughs> you know. You know, I, I'm going to be honest. Some of those songs that Tate McCray was singing, I didn't even know they were by her. I know some of those songs from like TikTok and stuff. And then she was singing them. And I was like, oh shit, I didn't know that was Tate McCray. Mm. Um, also, Will Arnett. I, I, the only thing that I know Will Arnett from is the Reese's commercials as well <laughs> as Arrested Development. But like, yeah. and it's driving me crazy. What? I'm just how is the first thing you think of is the Reese's commercial? <laughs> that, that's it. No, he's the spokesperson for Reese's. He's in every commercial when he t- like the voice that you hear when he talks like when he says like weird things about like Reese's like what Reese's peanut butter cups make you want to do. That's Will Arnett saying that shit. And yeah. I remember him because I'm I'm a huge Arrested Development fan. But he's one of those faces like I feel like I see him like oh my god that's Will Arnett. But the only thing I can put him in is Arrested Development and the Reese's commercials. And the NHL All-Star game. Anywho, we got five voicemails here on the Lovell line. This is about uh, two, four. So this is about eight minutes of pure Lovell madness. I just want to make sure that you're ready for this. All right. Yeah. All right. Everybody, if you're not familiar, if you're a new listener or, you know, if you're a relatively new listener, Lovell, since... Day one of the voicemail line has been sending us voicemails. He's been keeping this thing afloat since day one. <laughs> so this this whole voicemail line, when you hear us say Lovell line, this is Lovell. So be ready for chaos. Be ready for whatever is going to come out. Um, he's a staple to the show. So if you don't know the Lovell line, now you do. This one, the first one is from Thursday night, also after the, after the Vancouver Canucks game. This is a minute and 40 seconds. Coming to you live after the Bruins beat the pants out of the Vancouver Canucks for nothing. Uh, Sofia Nurchkovich broke the news. Matthew Portois, our rookie center for the Bees, will be out for the remainder of the season. Hot level line take here. I'm okay with it. absolutely brutal like yeah <laughs> you know we just got the confirmation matthew potra is you know he's hurt out for the rest of the year 
I'm okay with it. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm fine with Matt Foster being out uh, here. I know exactly what you're trying to hey. say, Lobo. It was hilarious how you worded it. <laughs> Matt Foster, I hurt. I'm okay with it. I love him so much. Oh, and by the way, too, we don't listen to these voicemails like beforehand, so... You're getting our raw reactions. <laughs> like, dude, I love him so much. You never know what you're going to get, dude. Couldn't read oh at God. 19. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, 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 I think that the, you know, the second half of the season and especially the playoffs could have been re- really valuable uh, learning moments for Patra, especially like, yeah. you know, having a first playoff run when you're 19 years old. There's a lot you can learn from that. Um, I think if losing your 19 year old third line center is what derails this team and the yeah, Bruins all of a sudden sign. start t- like that is a terrible, terrible sign. I know we joked about it when. Patra went to play for Team Canada in Sweden. We were saying, listen, if this if Patra leaving the Bruins for a couple weeks cripples this line these lineups to a point where they just start losing games, that's a problem. And then what do you know? He went to go play for Team Canada, and the Bruins had literally their worst stretch of hockey that they've had all year. Um, so I don't want to say that losing Patra is insignificant. I do think that yeah, obviously he brings value there um, in that third line center position, but. I agree with Louisville too. I mean, they're so rich with bottom six guys. They got centers who can play wing and wings who can play center. I mean, they have the, the horses to, you know, step up and fill Potra's role, but I am a little bummed because I really, I really like what I saw out of him the first, you know, half of the season. Um, and I was looking forward to, you know, seeing what he could do with the full season, but I'm telling you, nobody is happier than Connor Bedard because he no longer has posture breathing down his neck for that Calder trophy this year. It's true. <laughs> Actually, no, sorry. The uh, nobody is happier than Lovell, but after Lovell, it's Connor Bedard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lovell Lovell just is totally okay with Pacha blowing out his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. All right, we got another one from Lovell. This one is Saturday night at 10:40 p.m. Saturday night. Bruins, Saturday. Uh, the Bruins. Uh, this was about eight hours after they lost to uh, the Washington Capitals. Oh boy! Holy fuck! Did the bees drop a stinker today at the Garden? Shut out on their home ice. Three nothing to Washington Caps. But you know, there's 82 games in a season. That hockey it's gonna happen every now and again. But uh, to all the fans that are at the Garden, let that be a lesson. That's hockey. That's going to happen. Every fan's got to go to the Garden. Every Bees fan, that is, got to go to the Garden and experience the stinker. Put some hair on your chest. You know, build character. Reminds me of the time uh, me and my girlfriend at the time headed over to PPG Arena, PPG Paints Arena at Pittsburgh to the Bees and the Penguins play, and they got fucking, they got one out four nothing. It was terrible. They got pumped. Penguins fans were giving it to me. Just turned flying everywhere. Girlfriend was horrified. I was like, oh boy, tough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, you just gotta experience this thing every now and again. But it's funny because next time we went, dude, it was uh, the Lynn Holm. Overtime end to end. 
like unbelievable in the stinker. That begs the question. What are we going to pay him? What are we going to pay him? Unbelievable, by the way. A, a very simple question. Hey guys, what are we going to pay Jeremy Swayman? <laughs> Leads it up with a minute and a half. <laughs> man deserves to see a stinker. <laughs> you He's right, saw, though. No, he is right. You and I saw a stinker uh, <clears throat> when we showed up late to that Buffalo Sabres game. That was that was that was a brutal game to watch, dude. I, my stinker was uh, Tuka Rask's comeback air quotes when he when we played Carolina and he started and he let up like eight goals. That was oh, that was this. It was that was also Willie O'Ree's jersey retirement night. Crazy Jesus. night in the garden. Crazy oh night God. in the garden. Um, I've had good luck with Bruins games. I I I wish I could look at like my all time Bruins record. I gotta have over eight hundred mm-hmm. winning percentage. I mean, they like the like holy shit. I can't remember the last before I went to the Bruins game when they lost to uh, Buffalo. I don't remember the last time I saw them. Like I went with you and a bunch of the guys when they played. Uh, Toronto won in a shootout. I went with the Bruins on my birthday, slight flex, when they <laughs> when they beat the uh, Montreal Canadiens and like they they like beat the piss out of them. And then uh, you know I think they lost like three to one against Buffalo when we were there, but it was kind of a poop filled game. But what are they gonna pay Swayman? You think, dude? The way that he's been playing, it's weird because he doesn't have the normal workload. Right? He's not playing like sixty. 65 games a year he's not even playing 55 to 60 games so the way he's playing seems like you would have to pay him like uh, at least eight mil but (laughs) but then as as mel puts tic tacs in um there's sprite tic tacs oh those look good actually but they're not dude they're pretty shit i mean can you justify eight to nine million dollars when he's starting about fifty percent of the season? Because no. you don't you don't know what his true value is as a say fifty five to sixty game starter, and and that's where I think there's going to be that snag. The only worry is that you know what if a team comes in. You can't let him get you. I, I don't think you can let him get to free agency because at that point, any team can offer him anything and you would have to match it. And a team out there that's desperate for a young stud starting goalie. There it is. The one episode. <laughs> There's two of them. I know. Um, I'm putting up Hall of Fame numbers today. I'm putting up Jeremy <laughs> Swayman numbers. Um, but uh, uh, the worry is another team, say New Jersey who has everything that they could ever need to be a top five team in the league, but goaltending a team like New Jersey could come in and offer him nine and a half, 10 mil. And then you would have to match. And then also in, in, you know, domino effect, you would lose assets for that. Mm. You got to get it done before free agency have to. And I think that looks like somewhere between, sorry, somewhere between like, Six and a half and eight. I feel like, I feel like, like honestly, I think the Bruins' biggest bargaining chip in any contract with Swimming is that they have Olmark. Like, I feel like he really, really wants True. to stay on a team with Olmark. And like, I feel like if a team like New Jersey offered him like eight and a half or nine million, and the Bruins were coming in at 
seven or seven and a half million, but you're also going to be able to stick around and play a couple more years with Olmark. I don't know. I feel like that might be able to sway his mind a little bit. We've all seen how close the two of them are. But anywho, we got another call from uh, Louisville uh, exactly eight minutes after the one that we just listened to. This is a quick one. 21 seconds. Yo, also, shout out to Johnny from the UK. Uh, I also think my uh, bobblehead should be retired to the Raptors at the uh, the Garden. So, uh, yeah, shout out to you, Johnny. Stop running those uh, red lights. Jesus. <laughs> oh no! Wait, did you hear the ending? No, no. What was the end? Uh, two pissed you, bugger. funny because when Johnny says it, you know, he's like, ah, total pip buggers. And then when you yeah. get global, total pip, you bugger. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love this, dude. I love this so much. Oh my God. Um, damn it. Now I forget. What did Louisville ask? That took, that took my entire thought. thought yeah, no, he away. was just saying uh, that he also thinks his bobblehead should be retired in the rafters. Oh, the hell yeah. Louisville, Absolutely. right up next to Orr. Right up next Listen, to Orr. Me and Sully are, I mean, our voices and more, I think more importantly, our opinions mean absolutely nothing to the people who matter, but you have our votes of confidence. So if, if Don Sweeney ever calls me and says, listen, we got a, an extra bobblehead that we just want to hang to the rafters. You know, anybody who like we should make it look like, yeah, Lovell. Are you kidding me? Louisville. Yeah. I'll carry my phone on me until the end of time, just in case Don Sweeney calls me to ask me that question. Oh, holy shit. All right. That was awesome. No, we got know. another. Oh we got two more from Lowell. These are both Monday night. Bruins did not have a game Monday night. These voicemails, I'm seeing that they're both over two minutes. So this could just be Lowell just reaching into his brain and pulling out whatever he can come up with. So this, this could be. <laughs> what, what time did they come in? The first one's at 10.45 p.m. And the second one is at 11.45 p.m. All right. So these this are, is prime Lowell. You ready? <laughs> These this are, is about to be Louisville flu game. Late night thoughts with Louisville. <laughs> You're going for like an ASMR thing. There. My voice cracked at the, at the end of Louisville. <laughs> All right. Here's the first one. Not Bruins related, but Boston related. We're talking bean pot. Just saw Northeastern uh, bean pot from BU and OT. Gunner, Wolf, Fontaine, another OT win. Winner oh, yeah. does. Uh, yeah, go up to six, Sally, right? Um, and center ice. Uh, obviously appropriate in that situation. Uh, just wanted to be in pot. It's pretty cool. But, dude, it re- when I saw that, it reminded me of something that's been grinding my gears for a couple of years now. Um, I'm kind of a weirdo. So, I'll, like, uh, I'm living in Concord now. I'll go over. I'm really close to the rink. So, I'll, like, sometimes I'll, like, go watch, like, high school hockey game. I'm like really bored, and these kids nowadays, dude. And you'll, you'll see it on on Instagram and stuff too. Like uh, I see it a lot on. I think it's like Follow the Puck is the name of the account. These Minnesota high school hockey kids and just high school kids in general, just kids in general playing hockey, dude. Every time they score, 
they do this, oh, it, it pisses me off so much. They do this thing where they skate, like, all the way down the ice towards, like, either, like, the opposite uh, team's crowd or, like, the other fan section or their fan section, and they'll sell you, like, super hard. And it's like, dude, you just, like, tied the game, like, uh, like 2-2 in the second period, and they're, like, dropping the heartbreaker <laughs> selly and stuff. Like, what, are, what is going on? What are we doing here? Dude, no. It's just a, you know, drop to the knee, that quick, you know, like selly stance, give a quick fist pump, and you're going in the pile, right? Just a quick head cap to all the boys, and then you're going back to the bench, and you're, you're fist pumping all the guys on the bench, and then you're going modded up, you're trying to bingo again. What are we doing here? Give you hockey players, high school players? Dude, every time they fucking score, they're trying to make like a tick-pop. I used to play for uh, I used to play for Ken Hodge Jr.'s uh, son Dan Hodge. Right? If we ever fucking did any of that shit, dude, ever see the ice again? What are these kids doing nowadays with these sellies trying to make a TikTok every every fucking time they bingo? I've like a bingo before, bud. Big beef, big level line beef with the dudes. <laughs> that was very like. I, that was very like uh, get off my lawn type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> did you but, see? Speaking of sellies, did you see the selly that that kid had? I don't know when it was, but I saw it over the weekend. Of uh, I think it might have been in Minnesota. The kid came right down the left boards, and he just totally nipped it right over the goalie's shoulder. Popped a water bottle off. The kid skated behind the net, picked up the goalie's water bottle, took a sip of it. And then oh. did a little did a little selly, and before he even went to the bench, he just nice little turn, just went right to the penalty box because he knew he was getting. You can't do that. <laughs> it was like, honestly, like that was some big balls to do that kind that's of thing. Yeah, but that's a ballsy selly. Not not to sound like it. First of all, I'll be totally honest. I know nothing about the selly game. I my entire life, I've always been a defenseman. Not a goal scorer. I'm more of a ghost points guy myself. I'm a secondary assist kind of guy. A, a good breakout is a goal to me. I say that all the time. So I like I've scored <laughs> I, I've scored goals before. And my selly is I'm just I look around and I say who tipped that? When you guys who tipped? And because that's usually how it goes for me. I'm not I'm not rushing the puck up and wheeling through the neutral zone. Um, Listen, our we're, we're D partners, so our our goals is when we go to D to D behind the net, maybe bounce it off the boards to each other for a little oh, like a little uh, dude, extra zest. The best like a hat trick to me is when I get a pass from my partner, usually you and Men's Link behind the net, and I look at the wing on the boards and I look off the attacking forward and I hit my center, just just crisp, nice, beautiful breakout. Uh, they're out of position because I looked the guy off. Now we got a three on two going the other way. That is like, I just got a hat. Like I can go home, hang my Jersey in the rafters, man. Did everybody say, I go back to the bed. You guys see that breakout? Like that was all me. Like, holy shit. <laughs> that is a goal to me. So I don't know anything about light and lamp as a defenseman. Um, yeah. But I, I, I honestly do see what Lovell's saying kind of here. I don't mean to sound like a man yelling at clouds. Like, Lovell yeah, here. No. like whenever I see like these extremely excessive, goals celebrations it's always like on a kid's like in like ig reel or like a tiktok like like yeah. i don't see these on espn top 10 plays i see it when the kids like trying to you know go viral and and they hire like videographers to follow them around and to take these like there was a kid 
Um, honestly, I don't want to harp on him because he's 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 doing good for the game, but he plays for like the Danbury Junior Hattricks or the Danbury, yeah, the, like the Junior Danbury Hattricks team. And he's like a content creator. He has like 80,000 followers on Instagram, but he has some pretty insane sellies too. But like, this is also a guy who again hires a videographer to follow him around and take videos the whole game. So I see what Lovell's saying when it's like, you know, you're playing like D3A or D whatever, you know, and you're it's 2 2 in the second period. And you, you know, <laughs> you, your team's getting heavily outshot. You scored because the goalie was out of position and you go down, and you do the heartbreaker, or you're like shooting the duck right in front of the other teams. It's like, dude, like you got math class first period tomorrow <laughs> morning. Like, did you study yeah. for your test tomorrow? Like, what, what are you, what are you going this hard in a celly for? Yeah, no, I'm, I, I understand what he's saying. It's like TikTok culture. It's like, just fucking play the game, dude. Stop yeah. worrying about like getting all the. I don't actually, I don't want to get into it because I don't want to start sounding like an old fart. Yeah, no. You know, I do want to say though that, like, listen, if it's, I don't care if it's mites, squirts, peewees, bantams, D1, 2, 3, 4, 5 through 6, high school hockey, pros, college hockey, junior hockey, men's league. If you score like a disgusting goal or if it's a game winning goal or like a, a, a tie breaking goal, Oh yeah, man, Selly the shit. Like Selly the shit. It's only the goals that like first period one nothing. I'm doing the Patty Kane skating. I'm banging my like doing like dude. Come on, like save yeah. that for when you go ahead goal in the third. That's all I'm saying, and I no, think that's what I'm saying too. Yeah, I'm, if you score like a giant goal, hell yeah, celebrate the shit out of it, dude. Like go nuts. But if it, like if you're down like three to one and you score a goal to put yourselves down by one. Don't fucking go back to the bench and high five your teammates. And that's it. Don't, it, it's, it's don't like, like look over to like, don't like look over to like your, your, your videographer and be like, like get this. Yeah. Did you get that? Yeah. Did you get that? It, yeah. It's back, like, it's, it's like four, one in the third and uh six, four, six minutes left four one in the third, you score a goal and you do, you know, the, the now Yakupov, you just skate full speed and dive on your knees, right? In center ice. Like, that's a yeah. bit much. You, you got you to gotta know the time and the place. The Nail, Nail Yakupov started all of this. It's his he fault. He did, dude. And now he's playing in the KHL. So, yep. <laughs> shows you what happened. All right. This is the next Lovell line. This is, again, uh, Monday night, about an hour after that first voicemail there uh, at 11.44 p.m. This is about a little over two minutes long. Big conflict, big conflict here. I need some advice from the Somethings Burns boys and the Somethings Burns community. Uh, go to the game Monday, 1 p.m. matinee versus the Dallas Stars, right? Ooh. I'm talking to this girl I'm after the hinge. talking for like maybe two weeks now. So, and then I was like, yeah, I'm going to the game Monday. She's like, oh, I'll be in the city too. I was like, hey, like, maybe like, after the game, we can grab some drinks. She was like, yeah, it'll be perfect. I'll be with my friends. You know, work off. Because, you know, it's a holiday. And I'm going to work off because I'm going to the beach. And it's holiday. <laughs> but, uh, big conflict here. And some of you may know, I have a, uh, I have a pretty particular outfit that I wear to the Bruins. <laughs> Each time I go to the Bruins, you know, my bee shoes. You know, the bees pass pants, the jersey. You can see it on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I don't want them. There's people that I go to the game and I see, like the Amazon fucking beer thing, that lady. 
advice segment on the podcast if you have a good record all time with that you know um i'll call it a uniform with the uniform on if you have a good all-time record and if she's the one she's gonna understand she's gonna get it she's gonna get it if you want to bring a change of clothes i would (laughs) but like i said if she's the one and if she gets it, then she's going to fucking love it. And everyone loves you, dude. Just fucking be you. Be you, dude. I, I think that's the part right there. If there is no shame in having to hide how diehard of a Bruins fan you are, I've never seen somebody, rightfully so, so proud of a homemade outfit as Louisville is with his Bruins getup. He's got the shoes the pants, the jersey. He's got a sweet-ass Bruins hat. You have to wear that. You you absolutely have to. Because if you go there and she sees the fit and she loves it, and then you can tell her, I, I made it all myself. And if yep. she's like, if she's into that and she loves that, dude, you yep. found the one. And yep. you wouldn't know that if you didn't wear the Bruins fit. You got to do it. You yep. have to. And if she's willing to meet you for drinks after a Bruins game, I'd be willing to bet that she's probably already expecting you to show up in some sort of Bruins gear. And like, I mean, come on, we're, we're all in the boss and we're all Bruins fans, dude. She's going to love it. You have to wear it. Yep. And like Mel said too, who knows, maybe she's into making her own clothes too. And then you wear your own fucking 10 out of 10 fit that you made yourself out to the bar. Dude, you're going to be like, she's going to walk into the bar. Say you're going to go to greatest bar. She's going to walk into greatest bar. And it's going to be like a movie scene where all of a sudden she sees you, the sounds are muffled out, everything else darkens, and there's a spotlight on you. It's all you, baby. Be all you, dude. Come on. Damn right. I Lovell, I'm expecting a, 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 a call. He said that's the game on the 19th, so I'm expecting a call the following day on the 20th telling us how it went so we can play it on the episode. Unless yes. you don't want us to, we won't. But I need to yes. know how it goes. All right, that's all the uh, voicemails we have this week. We do Unless have got a, some of the DMs. We do have a couple from Johnny. So yeah. uh, Johnny Drummondville over in the UK. By the way, um, for Lovell, if you want to see his fit that he's talking about, if you want to see his tweets about the bees, give him a follow at Boston Bruins. Um, but this tweet, or I'm sorry, this voicemail comes over from Johnny over in the UK. Johnny 
to propose. The United Kingdom receives Laurie in exchange for James Corden. And no considerations, including a bag of weed for Laurie. Tally ho, toodle pip, you buggers. The so, blue sound effects because he's very bad. <laughs> yeah. oh Dude. Um, so, oh, Lori for Corden? No way, right? I don't know how we got so fortunate to have this community. But I know. It's awesome. It's so funny. Dude, it's the best. Dude, James Corden, I... Oh, my God. I know we were talking earlier about never wearing Toronto Maple Leafs gear. I would put on a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey before I say anything positive about James Corden. I cannot after the whole thing with him and Patrick Stewart when he was going after Patrick Stewart on that's where I draw the line, man. That's too much for me. I oh my god. No, I, no deal. I, I will say Johnny agrees with you on Corden because he after he sent the voicemail, he also sent this. He said it was a picture of James Corden and he said could this useless knacker be traded back to the USA? It's possible. <laughs> um, and then he did. Absolutely he did. Not. He did send one more um, voicemail. So here we go. I think you're gonna want to hear this, NHL Commissioner Johnny Batman here. <laughs> I have a trade to announce. Something's brewing. Trade Lovell. To the United Kingdom for crappy James Carden. Pigeons. Pigeons. I think so. Lobo, hey, pack your bags, Lobo. Forget about that date. You're going to the UK. <laughs> Dude, Lobo is untouchable. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude. And especially for James, it could have been who we want from the. <laughs> I don't even know who I would want from the UK. Um, <laughs> I have tears coming out of my eyes, dude. I haven't laughed that hard in so long. Oh, Holy global, shit! Global I love everybody. Oh my god, I love everybody. I love everybody on the, in this community. Holy shit, that was the best. I mean, you would have to trade like the the queen's jewels for Louisville. Oh my god, I don't even know if that would be enough. I mean, if 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 the <laughs> if the Bruins could uh I don't know, take ownership of all of the like colonies that the UK owns around the world. I wouldn't want those. I don't want to. I, I, I want to stay away from all colonies. <laughs> no, I mean, like, didn't didn't like they own like Canada or something? I thought like until like the eighties. I don't know. I we got too many Canadian people who listen who are going to tell me I'm stupid yeah, and idiot no, for being wrong. I, Just I might, have, I might have missed what you said. Anyways, I was still wiping tears away from my eyes. Maybe um, we get Jaguar, the company. They got to come over here. That would be cool. How about the, no, the London actually, the Eye? Stuck. We'll take McLaren. I think McLaren is from the UK. The London Eye? We have Ferris wheels over here. <laughs> we'll take the big clock. We already have oh, a big, big Ben. ben. Big He's ben. retired. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
you know what? You know what? We'll uh, we'll take Twenty One Savage back. He's um, he's no longer repping the UK. We don't want your tower. I mean, not tower. We don't want your bridge. That thing literally has a song about it we falling want down. Stonehenge. Ta- <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. Uh, no, I mean, I don't. I don't know what I would want from the UK. Oh, they have a. Uh, Oh, they have like that arrow chocolate or whatever the hell it's called. Oh, what's the um? I'm not trading Lovell for chocolate. No, no, I'm not. No, Lovell. We've already established Lovell's untouchable. I'm just thinking of what I would want from the UK in terms of value in a different deal. Because you gotta, you gotta respond back with like a, you know, what's your counter offer? David Beckham. No, soccer's not. He was already enough. he was already here for a little bit. He was playing for the Galaxy. How about Daniel um, Radcliffe? Harry no, Potter. he's not even. He's not. No, uh, it, John Lennon. He's dead. That Princess Diana. She's dead. Well, these are all. Listen, these are all to be revived. <laughs> <Can you> <laughs> oh God, Charles Darwin. He's dead, dude. <laughs> Listen, Johnny, I hate to tell you, I don't think you guys have anything as valuable as Lowell over there. Yeah, I don't know. We're just grasping at straws here. Give us give us Queen Elizabeth and a first She's round dead. pick. No, Queen Elizabeth is alive, isn't she? Oh my god. Ellie? Oh, you know, I can't tell. Are you being serious? I actually don't know if she died or not. Is she still living? Elizabeth II? Is she dead? Sully, she died like four months ago. King Charles, where have you been? Isn't he sick? Is that the sausage fingers guy? (laughs) Yeah, dude. (laughs) Yeah, he's sick. Wow. Okay, well, no, listen, Johnny, I, I extend all my condolences to your queen. I didn't know she passed. Oh rest in peace rest in peace Lizzie I guess <laughs> yeah no oh, Lovell's yeah. untouchable <laughs> I can't believe you've been living she's the most famous person on the planet earth and she's yeah, but I guess. like the whole world stopped for like a week what were you doing I think it was in September oh that was my birthday <laughs> 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 I want to see what the actual day was because I would die if it was on your birthday. <laughs> that's why you didn't know Elizabeth died. <laughs> what? What? When's your birthday? Seventeenth. September fourth. Oh, she died on the eighth. You're probably still riding the high from your birthday. Yeah, yeah close enough. Oh my god. Oh wait. Oh, she died in 2022, so it was like a year uh, over a year ago. So you had over a year and a half to know that she died, and you didn't. I thought she was still running shit. That's crazy. That's nuts. Well, uh, hey, Johnny, like I said, I extend my deepest condolences over to your your queen, Lizzie, for her passing. Long live King Charles. Oh, my God. Is that all we have for the uh, voicemails? (laughs) Yes, yes. That's all we have for the uh, voicemails. Um, Real quickly here, as we're getting close to game time, um, let's jump through some of these DMs really quick. Uh, I I believe we're already... Okay. Uh, Do you want to go first? 
Yeah, yeah, I can go first. Okay. <clears throat> the first one is from McJoink. He sent in a DM last week. You can follow McJoink on Twitter at McJoink. <laughs> that makes me laugh every goddamn time. <laughs> M-C-J-O-I-N-K. McJoink said, hey, man, thank you so much for answering my question the other week. Been riding that high for a while now. Hell yeah. Hell Quick yeah. mid-game capitals thought potentially for the pod if it's interesting enough it might oh, just yeah. be me but i feel like everyone at the garden sings living on a prayer with an insane amount of gusto but only when the bruins are playing like absolute shit when we floored the canucks the other day you could hear the crowd not really care about the song i haven't been to the garden this year so was hoping for some insider information i don't know is that true do you feel like the bruins don't sing with enough gusto when the bruins are winning um to be fair, I uh, haven't – actually, the games that I've gone to this year, I don't think they've played Living on a Prayer except for one, and it was pretty loud. Um, I will say, and I don't know if this is going to make people mad or not. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. I feel like Living on a Prayer is starting to feel a little sweet Carolinish at, uh, <laughs> at the Garden. <laughs> Sorry, I tried my water. <laughs> <laughs> In what way? As in, like, wait, it's just, what are you it's to just say like, about Sweet Caroline. It's repetitive. Word carefully, dude. Don't even. I, they're gonna put out the worst team in the league in maybe like team history, and they're gonna be playing Sweet Caroline every night, and it's gonna piss me they off. They better. Uh, dude, just don't sing it, dude. No, because then you're not part of the fun. But just, <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say here. It is fun, especially when they when you're there. It is really fun. I'm just saying, like, don't overdo it and make it become gimmicky. But yeah, but and when I, you're I, at the game, it's awesome. And I will say this too: uh, every Bruins game I've been to this year has been unbelievably loud, and everybody's singing. Even the game that they lost, we were talking about to uh, Buffalo. It was still loud. People were still getting up and singing. Yeah, I swear, it's only hockey. The the volume inside the rink does not translate well to TV at all. I don't know why. No, I don't know what it is. Um, so maybe that's why. But. Either way, thank you for the question. We got another one here from our other friend from the UK. Um, When you expressed your condolences to Johnny over the loss of his queen, Lizzie, from a year and a half ago, this also (laughs) goes out to Jack as well. Jack, you can follow Jack on Twitter at AJackB underscore. Jack said, hey, team. You mentioned the wall in LA during the last pod for some fan atmosphere. Check out the yellow wall at Dortmund over in Germany. It's incredible and is something the Bruins could absolutely aspire to achieve. From the absolute yo-yo of a week the Bruins have had, if Marshawn delivered the cross-check that he received from Pospisil, does he also just get a five-minute major in a game misconduct, or does the NHL press number one on speed dial, give him a call, and throw a suspension his way? To make it worse, the Flames gave the aggressive bastard a new two-year contract as a reward. There's something beautiful about the fact that Demko pied sway for a goalie hug at the All-Star break and then got put back in his place a week later at the Garden. We also only need four skaters to down the best team in the league, so I'm sure the Canucks are regretting nothing about trading away their future for Lindholm. Sorry, true to form after smashing a high-quality team, we dipped out of... We dipped out to the Caps by forgetting to actually step on the ice from what I've heard about our performance. 
Wanker of the week is definitely Morgan Riley for reasons I need not dive into. All I want now is for the Bruins to have the opportunity to score on an empty net and Marshawn to slap the shit out of the puck. Only way it could be top is if he swings a stick like a golf club as a nod to the Leafs team all playing golf each summer while proper teams are scraping for the cup. (laughs) You guys have been throwing some incredible shade Derek Forbert's way lately. And when you make your sales pitch for him, you're very convincing. Mentioning being a part of the team with the most points ever in an NHL season, being a member of the team currently cruising into the playoffs again, etc. So my question is this, who is the most unremarkable player with the most remarkable CV? What is CV? I was hoping you could tell me. Hang on, I'll, I'll Google it really quick. I'll Google, I'll Google it really quick. <laughs> Um, um, curriculum vitae, vitae. So I'm assuming that means like resume, like with the, oh. with the most impressive resume. Okay, so who's um, the most unremarkable player with the most remarkable resume? Oh, I know, Matt Grizzlick. I feel like that's a pretty fair answer. He's been good for every year he's been here, and then all of a sudden this year he's just like. <laughs> that's a pretty good pick. I'm trying to. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of outside the box players, but I really can't I was, think of anybody on the Bruins who has like really, re- like really taken a step back this year, other than Matt Grizzlick. Right. Like exactly. Lindholm took exactly. a step back, but he's still an effective defenseman. Right, and he's and he's, and he's, and he's kind he's of not unremarkable. Yeah, yeah, and he's not unremarkable by any means. I mean, we could expand this into the rest of the NHL. Listen. Who would you say? I'm going to stick with Grizzlick, but who would you say for the league? Uh, he has one of the most remarkable resumes in NHL history. Oh, he's, I know he's he's, he's been great post-All-Star break. I believe when they played the Bruins the other day, he had six points in his last three games. But, dude, first half of the year, what the hell happened to Alex Ovechkin? Yep. He could yeah. not score. I think he only had, like, eight goals to start the year. And, like, you know, he's Alex Ovechkin. He's the greatest goal scorer ever. He's chasing Gretzky's record. The guy that could put up 60 and 50 goals in his sleep. It was remarkable. He was still winning Rocket Richard trophies into his mid-30s. And then, I mean, how many goals did he have last year? He had to have had over 40. And then all of a sudden this year, I believe at the All-Star break, he had eight. I mean, you had Trent Frederick had more goals than Alex Ovechkin did, which is, you know, no shade of Trent Frederick. But I mean, we're talking about the greatest of all time here. Yeah. Last year, Ovechkin had 42 goals. The year before that, he had 50. And currently he has 13 goals. So he's on pace now for under 30 goals this year, which would be the first time in his career, minus the 45 game shortened COVID season, he had 24 um, remarkable resume, but having a rather underwhelming year for his standards. Also a minus 15. That is brutal. Yeah, no, that's a good pick. Um, I'm going to stick with Grizz, though, just for the bees. I don't really have another pick for the NHL. Yeah, we do have our I have one more DM here. Came in last minute from Connor. You can follow Connor on Twitter. Con. At con underscore dog 26. Connor says. Oh, yeah. Con dog. You, Corn dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, do you guys think that now that the football season is officially over, 98.5 the Sports Hub will finally talk about hockey. 
Seems like every time I turn the radio on, they're talking about the Patriots even two months after their season ended. Anyway, the Washington game absolutely sucked. Hopefully we can come back tonight against the Lightning for Marshawn's thousandth game. Um, to be honest with you, I, I, they might talk about them, but like minimally. I don't want them to talk about the Bruins because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. I was going to say the only saving grace to 98.5 when it comes to the Bruins is uh, Ty Anderson. Ty Anderson, when he comes on the show, when he tweets out that he's coming on, I'll tune in. Because, one, I love what he brings to the show. Two, he's actually knowledgeable about the game. Three, he's a great follow on Twitter. And four, he's he's been a beat writer forever. So when he comes on the show to talk, I listen. But if it's just Felger and Maz, no. But that's why it gets so infuriating first of all they never have ty anderson on because right. and when i say they i mean i'm i'm when i talk about the sports hub i mostly just refer to felgram as because they're you yes. know the, the flagship show of the station they never have ty anderson on especially when they're talking about hockey because like felgram and mass know literally nothing about hockey like whatever take is the popular one among the bruins community they think the exact opposite for reasons that don't even make sense right. and it would be like just extremely vague reasonings that are just vague enough where like you could have like enough people who like worship the show will be like, oh, I guess that makes sense. But like it literally does it and they don't want Ty Anderson to challenge them. So they just never bring him on the show. And when they do bring him on the show, because they have in the past, they just constantly talk over Ty Anderson. They don't listen to what he has to say. They try to argue every single one of his points. And I have all the respect in the world for Ty Anderson because whenever he goes on that show, he has to just talk in circles because they're just not listening to him. And you can tell he's getting so frustrated, but he's being like so professional about it the whole time. Like you can tell he just wants to like, Oh my God, just scream at these guys. Yeah. But, um, I hope no. I hope that they don't start talking more hockey on the sports hub because it's always brutal. It's always like extremely surface level, makes no sense. And whenever you're on Twitter and you see the name Felger is trending, it's almost always because they decided to talk about hockey for two minutes on the show that day, and he just put out one of the worst takes you ever heard in your entire life. Yeah, it's it's brutal to listen to. Um, but do you want me to start diving into some of these ones that we got on the um, on the uh, Twitter post? Yes, sir. All right, let's see. By the way, Tampa Bay just scored uh, one nothing. Tampa three and a half minutes into the game. Um, just to give you a little timestamp on where we are. But where is the what the heck? Where did the post go? Uh, one second. Um, I'm an idiot and I can't find the. Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, Sorry. We'll fly through these really quick just because the game is on. But shout out to these guys, NHL Primetime at PTP NHL, posting all things NHL league-wide, not just Bruins. Um, Give them a follow again at PTP NHL. They said, what is your biggest concern for the Bruins in the second half of the season? For them, it's an adversity in the grind. or, Or sorry, it's any adversary any adversity <laughs> and the grind of the schedule. Um, find your consistency. I think that's it. You can't really continuously have these flubs of games heading into the playoffs. When you, I'll expand a tiny bit. When you have bad, when you're playing bad teams, beat the bad teams. Don't lose yeah. to these crappy teams. Don't play down to their level. I think you hit the nail on the head. It is all about consistency. You can't, you know, get your shit 
kicked out of you by Calgary just to then turn around and beat the best team in the league than to lose to Washington, get shut out by like that. That can't happen. So it's consistency and it's also staying healthy for me. We already saw they just lost Pacha for the rest of the year. If they lose a couple more of these guys or God forbid they lose one of their big guys, you know, like a pasta or Marshawn, that would be um, devastating. So consistency and uh, having a clean bill of health or keep moving forward. Hell yeah. Um, so again, shout out at PTP NHL posting all videos, content on Twitter um, at PTP NHL. Next question comes in from Burge uh, at Burge the goalie. Does the Jekyll and Hyde performances of the last week scare you in any way? Um, I think that's kind of, you know, similar to the answer that we just gave. Um, not necessarily scary. Um, I don't think it's too concerning. Just find ways to batten down the hatches during those games. Um and and you know just play consistent hockey yeah i mean if, i'm i'm with you if if you play a good game and you lose that's different if you play shitty like you did against calgary and washington where you're putting up like 10 shots through two periods that's a different story that's concerning yeah i'm with you i'm not i'm not concerned right now i i, I it's almost like the um like when your parents say, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Like I'm just yeah, I'm perfect. I'm just I'm just a little disappointed right now. There there's no reason they should be losing to the Calgary Flames and the Washington Capitals by a combined score of seven to one. Like that 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 can't happen. This team is too good. They're having too hot of a season. They're well rested right after the all-star break. And uh just two absolutely brutal games, both at home too. So uh yeah. Not a Jekyll and Hyde. I'm not concerned. I'm just a little disappointed. With you on that one. Perfect. So again, at uh, Burge the goalie. Next question comes in from our guy over in the UK, Johnny. Uh, You heard the voicemails earlier at that Johnny D. He said, hope you're dandy over there. After watching the Bruins display a Kucherovian effort against the Capitals, do they revert back to a pasta zaka Marshawn combo? He also said, what are the panel's feeling of the Canada empty net clapper outrage? And um, has the panel bought spouses Valentine's Day cards? So we'll start um, uh, the Kucherovian effort against the Caps. Do they revert to Pasta, Zaka, Marshawn? Or do they keep mixing it? Um, I don't know. I, I really feel indifferent. Uh, I, I, I'm I've always been one. I don't really care about line matchups as much as other people do. I mean, I, I don't like seeing them jumbled up every single game, but like as long as they're picking up wins and they're getting points and they're playing well, I don't really care. I think they look like absolute dog water against Washington. I don't think that was a line issue per se. I just, the whole team looks slow except mm-hmm. for Swayman. Like the, the offense played like shit. The defense played like shit. And if that means that you, you put, you know, Marshawn, Zaka, and Pasta back in the line, then so be it. If it means that you want to keep, you know, trying to mix and match lines, that's fine. You just better win. That's the best. that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Um I I, I don't think they revert back to anything. I keep the I think the game plan is to just stick with what they're doing right now and uh just continue to switch things up, see what works. It's it's working so far. So I mean, you're going to have stinkers. Like we said, we don't want to win the President's Cup trophy this year. Um, So, I don't know. Just play it out and see what works. But um, the Ridley Gregg slap shot, what did we think of that? I loved it. 
I absolutely love it, dude. The the Battle of Alberta is back. I thought that it was electric. Ontario. Um, Ontario. God damn it. I mixed him up with Edmonton. Um, (laughs) No, that's good, though, because the the Battle of Alberta has been heating up the last couple of years with Calgary and Edmonton. And we've kind of been waiting for the Battle of Ontario. And here we go. I mean, this is a good way to get the, 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 the blood pumping, the juices flowing. I saw Ryan Reeves talking his talk again. He was nowhere to be found. Everything was going down. That's just typical Revo behavior. But um, Unreal. I loved it. And then I saw uh, somebody tweeted that they had two monitors, two desktop monitors. Yeah. And the, left, the left monitor was the, the, the net with the puck going into it and the right monitor was like a close-up of the guy taking the slap shot. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I, yeah. I, I loved it. Um, it's funny. First of all, it's absolutely hilarious to do that when you're 28th in the league to just hammer home a slap it's, shot. empty it's, net dude, goal. It's because it's against Toronto. I'm telling right. you, it, it, it makes it so much better. Yeah. And then there, Oh yeah. And breaking news, Morgan Riley got suspended five games for that. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> yeah, so Toronto Twitter is in shambles right now, and it's hilarious. I like. Sorry, you can go. No, no, no I, I was just gonna say, like, I loved the, I loved both the moves. Is that like a, is that a, is that like a, a um, a, am I able to take that stance? Like, I loved both. Yeah, no, I was gonna say that too. I, I love the, uh, like, the slap shot is just like the biggest, like, f you. Like, what are you gonna do about it? I'm gonna take the, like, we're winning the game, empty net. I'm five feet in front of that. Here's a clap bomb. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? I love that part of it. And then Morgan Riley in Toronto said, "Here's what I'm gonna do about it." And I loved, <laughs> I love that that he and the Maple Leafs did something about it because there's been so many examples throughout this entire season where they've just rolled over, like let shit happen to them. Like that's why they signed Ryan Reeves to go out and do shit. And like, he does, he never does anything. And then they interview him after the game and he tells you, Oh man, if I did this or when I old Revo, when it like you're go do it. So it was nice from the Maple Leafs perspective, I'm sure to see a guy stick up and actually do something, get pissed off. Just, you don't cross check a guy in the face. Like, what are you thinking? Like, you know, if you wanted to come up and run him through the glass, that's fine. But like, don't yeah. like, like, come on. Like, dude, just put your lower your stick about, I don't know, 12 inches lower and just get him in the arm and give him like yeah. a dead arm. Why are you getting him in the face? What are you and doing? Like, I'm happy that Ryan, that Morgan Riley is sticking up for his team, but like you are too important to the Maple Leafs to like, to put right. your team in this position. Now he's suspended five games. If he just did like the, the typical go-to move for any tough guy, in the NHL, somebody does something you don't like you go over and you two hand them in the front of the legs, right on the shin guards, you drop the gloves and you, and you just get a couple shots in before he can do anything. And then the teams come over and you separate. Yeah. You, you know what? You did something and you stood yeah. up for your team and you're, you're doing what you're supposed to do. But instead the first move you make is, Hey, here's a blind side cross check to the face. Of course you're going to get suspended, dude. <laughs> Like, yeah. come on. Like, that was you, the only thing that I would have changed. Yeah. Like, if you cross, or, or not cross, but it's so you, like, you, like you said, like, slash him in the shin pads or, like, you know, take his skates out from under him. Maybe you'll get, like, a game or two. But, dude, you just cross check them in the face and your team is fighting for a playoff spot. You're yeah, now your yeah. number one defenseman is up for five games. I mean, 
And I saw a lot of Maple Leafs fans were upset that he's getting, well, I mean, I, uh, well, now we found out he got five games. They were upset that he was going to have a hearing and they're, you know, showing all these examples of, you know, here's when, you know, players did this to a Maple Leafs player and they only got one game and they were not suspended or, you know, Morgan Riley, Riley is justified because this player took a slap shot into an empty net. When it comes to suspensions, we you should know by now one plus one does not equal two. He right. just if if you just like turn on the TV and you forget what just happened before Riley cross checked the guy because that's what you do when you're evaluating you know what a player suspension would be. If you see a guy go up and just cross check somebody blindside on the side of the face, whether or not they deserved it or not. Obviously, you're gonna get suspended. Like, use your noggin for once. Like, come on. Like, you gotta. It's just. It was. I, I couldn't believe that there are Maple Leafs fans who were actually like surprised that he was gonna have a hearing and get suspended. And they were trying to justify it off the fact that a guy took a slap shot into an empty net. Is it a, a hilarious douchebaggery scumbag move to do that? Yes. Is it against the NHL rules? No, not at all. But it is against the rules to cross check a guy in the side of the face. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, and then f- the last part of his thing, um, I'm getting dinner and then going to a PWHL Boston game in Lowell, Mass, uh, Songus Arena. Very, 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 very excited to spend my Valentine's Day that way. Um, hopefully I get back home with enough time, you know, after work. We'll see. Depends <laughs> if I drink that cold brew quick enough, see how fast I'll be moving that day. Shout out. To uh, Johnny Drummondville, obviously you guys all know him on the voicemail line as the Toodle Pip fella. Uh, give him give him a follow on Twitter at that Johnny D. Big Louisville fan there, um, as everybody is. But getting to our last few questions here in the DM segment, this one comes in from um, uh, Dirty Water sixty three um, at Bruins Rob sixty three uh, with. With Marshawn getting his thousandth game tonight, looking at this roster, do we think there's another one K gamer all with the bees? Um, pasta, 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 yeah, that's, McAvoy. Yes, boom! Took my words right out of that was easy. Took the yeah. words right out of my mouth. There we um, go. So again, sorry that was quick, but at Bruins Rob sixty three. Da da da. Next question comes in from Bruins fan at Bruins fan spelled with a Z. They say, "Okay, hear me out." I love the whole back and forth between Sway and Allmark as long as it works, but I also have a big problem with it in the playoffs. As soon as I saw it happening last year, I knew it would fail. Playoffs are a different world. I gotta get that one hot goaltender and ride it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I remember last year. Um, I mean, that's usually how it goes in the playoffs is you you ride your hot goaltender and you always start your number one guy. Um, and before the playoffs started last year, after the Bruins had such an even split, I was still very much for the argument that they need to pick their guy and do it because that's just how it goes. That's how every team has always done it. I mean, I've never seen a team alternate goalies every single game of the playoffs. But I think if you watch the success of your two goalies last year going 1A and 1B in the regular season, and you watch the success of them doing going 1A and 1B during this regular season, and you watch the catastrophic failure that was the playoffs last year when you rode Omark for four games and then turned to swimming for the last three. I think that is all the proof right there that you need to go into the playoffs riding these guys 1A and 1B. Start Omark for game one or Swayman for game one and switch the other guy for game two. That's what's worked. That's You had 65 wins last year. 
using that method. You have the second best record in the NHL this year using that method. The Bruins aren't winning games because they're putting up six, seven goals a night. The Bruins aren't winning games because their defenseman is or getting us, you know, limiting the other team to 15 shots every night. It's more often than not the Bruins are picking up games because they have the best goaltender on the ice every single night. And I understand coming into the playoffs, if you ride your guy, you know, the Bruins have two great goalies, so they're always going to have one of the best two goalies on the ice. But I don't know. I think that there's like an ebb and flow kind of thing. And I understand. We, I mean, I'm literally saying everything I'm saying right now is the exact opposite of what I was saying last year when the Bruins <laughs> were hanging in the playoffs, which is why it's so funny. But um, I just, I think that, I mean, you learn from your mistakes. I think that the way that they handled their goaltending last year, obviously, Omark was also hurt. But I think that that was... It's it was hard to say that that was the right move to make after you watch the success that they had in the regular season alternating goalies, and then the playoffs come around they no longer alternate goalies, and they lose in seven. So I think if the Bruins go into the playoffs this year and they pick their guy and they lose again, I would be I would be unbelievably frustrated because I feel like you just fell into the same trap you did last year. Yep. No, I'm with you. Um, and and I'm not even saying that like his thought process is wrong either because historically like that's just the way that it has always been. Yeah, definitely. But we've seen so much success with this method. We saw them pick one last year and it didn't work out. Um, I mean, and, and talk about a curveball throwing it, throwing two goalies at a team in a seven game series. Like, I mean, that's a different game plan every night, depending on who, what goalie you're going against. So I, I would like to see them continue the rotation for the playoffs. Um, you know, use what got you to this point and use it to your advantage. And everybody knows goaltending is one of Boston's strongest advantages over other teams. So I say utilize it. Um, although I will also mention that, like, his thought process is not incorrect either. It's just mm-hmm. with the evidence that we've seen over the past couple of years um, of the goaltending tandem being so successful, I would rather them not stray away from that. Definitely. Um, da, 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 da. we got, I think, two final questions here. Um, three final questions. Uh, ba, 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 ba. this one comes in from Samantha Boysvert at Sam Boysvert 32. Thoughts on the Bruins having their ceremony for Marshawn's thousandth before Monday's one o'clock game rather than an evening game? Um, I think it's dumb. Yeah, that's pretty stupid. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I, I, I just why not do it tonight? Nobody's yeah. gonna be, or you're gonna get less of a crowd on a Monday afternoon game. Um, I mean, who are they even playing on Monday? Is that Dallas? Is it is it the game on the nineteenth? Uh, if it is, yep. oh yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, that's Dallas, the bad right, game. So yeah, that's that's. That's Louisville's date game. You could have done it tonight. (laughs) You could have done it tonight against Tampa. I I don't know. It would have been cooler if it was tonight. But um, overall, yeah, overall, I think it's stupid. Um, So shout out to Samantha again at Sam Boysford 32. Um, Final two questions here. This one comes in from Positive at Ali King. He said TV series where Ali and Sway are Shaggy and Scooby. Who's My initial thought was Ali is Shaggy, shaggy, right? That's what I was thinking, but I see Allmark more of a more of uh, like a dog, and I see Swayman more of like a stoner kind of like tall, shaggy type. You see Swayman as a stoner type? 
A little bit. I can't see all Marcus Swayman as like like this innocent child of God who doesn't do anything <laughs> but stop pucks. <laughs> and he solves and he solves mysteries. Yeah, I think. Um, oh man, no, I think I think Olmark is Shaggy. I think well, he looks a little bit like Shaggy, and I just think that I don't really think any yeah. of them kind of fit the Shaggy personality. But I think that Swayman is like the exact opposite of what would be a Shaggy personality. So it's kind of by default. I gotta I gotta do it that way. Well, their first mysteries to solve. Where'd Matt Grizzlick go? All right. Well, <laughs> shout out, shout out at Oli King. Um, final question, and I wanted to end it on this one because obviously this is uh, Brad Marshawn one thousand games. Um, Joe Espo at Awesome's Joe on Twitter. He said favorite Marshy moment slash game out of his one thousand. I have I have two moments, and I've been battling internally which one to pick as number one all day since we got this question and I can't so I'm just gonna put two out there his goal against Vancouver in 2011 when he self-passed off the boards went around the defenseman corralled the puck Luongo's on his stomach like sprawling up trying to save it and he roofs it I mean the garden erupted his celly was electric jumping up and down into the boards that was electric that's the time to uh, go back to Lovell's voicemail. That's a time for an electric celly. And then the <laughs> other one, his shorthanded goal against LA, I think like two or three years ago, where he, it was just all him. He danced around literally five of the Kings and, you know, pulled Quick's chalk strap out of his fucking suit, whatever. That Those are my <laughs> two. My favorite <clears throat> isn't a goal. I think my favorite is probably when, uh, I think when I when I fell in love with the player of Brad Marchand, which was probably during that Stanley Cup Finals run in 2011 against the Vancouver Canucks, and as fans we had heard about Brad Marchand, but like he yeah. wasn't, you didn't, you, you weren't familiar with his play style as much as you were somebody who was tapped into Providence or like you. And it came. I remember when he was in the corner and he was battling against Sammy Sallow. And he and he bent down and flipped Jimmy oh. Sallow right over his back, and I saw that and I went, "Oh my god!" Like as a rookie in the Stanley Cup Finals, flipping a veteran defenseman and Sammy Sallow over your back. Forget the penalty. Forget anything else that happened. Like that was like the perfect. Like, hey, I'm Brad Marchand. Here I am. Like that. Like that. Like, oh my god! Like I remember. Every camera angle of that, I had never seen a play like that before in my entire life. A player just like like Brad Marchand's stature, just like bending down and tabletopping a guy and flipping him over in the Stanley Cup Finals. Like that was that is my all time favorite Brad Marchand moment, and I think that perfectly encapsulates the player that he was when he came into the NHL. Yeah, dude. Same thing when when he was punching Sadine in the face, and Sadine was oh, just standing there taking it. Yeah, like <laughs> dude, he's such a timeless player. But um, I was I was laughing in the middle of when you were talking because the Nesson feed just had like the flashback graphic, and it was I was expecting it to be like a Marshawn thing. It was Grizzlick sack tapping that dude on the caps. I don't know why they just, I don't know why they just showed that um, as a flashback too. Like it happened like two days ago. What are you doing? Oh my god! But um, hey, 
Shout out to everybody who sent in the voicemail. Shout out to the Lobo line. Shout out to Johnny over in the UK, dude, always holding down the fort. Um, I learned a lot today. I learned that Queen Elizabeth passed away in 2022. Um, you know, it's been a great learning experience for me. Um, we, we gave out some relationship advice, um, answered some questions, listened to some voicemails. It was a great, fun episode. Um, but at this point, I do want to remind everybody that we are in partnership with the one and only Primetime Productions. Give them a follow. Oh, what a save by Allmark. Give them a follow on Twitter at Primetime Prods. Um, if you want to follow us on YouTube, we post shorts. Sometimes we'll post uh, full clips of episodes so you can see our beautiful faces and our beautiful reactions to the voicemails and everything. Um, give that YouTube page a follow at Something's Bruin. Again, on Twitter at Bruin Something, no G at the end. And as always, you can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Um, Bruins right now second in the league um, standing first in the Atlantic at 73 points Florida Panthers right behind us at 70 Bruins at 32 11 and 9 big game against Tampa tonight um, until then the something's brewing podcast episode 79 coming in hot we'll catch you next week bye Let's get down, let's get down to business Give you one more night, one more night to get this We've had a million, a million nights just like this So let's get down, let's get down to business Did you get a haircut? I did Thanks Looks for good. noticing Thank you. I noticed with your Snapchats the other day Did you? Yeah, yeah. I I stopped into Rocks during work and it was, took me like half an hour. And I was out of your hair. Ah, uh, Celeste. Did you see my aunt? Probably. I still don't oh, know yeah. which one she is. She's the blonde one. She's one of two blonde <laughs> ladies that work there. Oh. She's not Bob's <laughs> daughter. She's the other one. Oh, then I think I did actually. I just didn't know that was her. She she works upstairs. All right, All right here we go. I think she did my eyebrows once. Really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Way back in the day. Well, next time she's doing your eyebrows, say, are, are you Chuck Melanson's sister? <laughs> next time you see her, you go, you know that kid with the gigantic fucking eyebrows? <laughs> oh, yeah. I had to bring out the hedge trimmers. Yeah. yeah, that's I my friend. To, I had to change the, the, the chains on my chainsaw. Just <laughs> and now I have a pet hermit crab. <laughs> what? That's the model. Chaser with no trouble. Mm-hmm. Up in that moment, baby, let's make some bubbles. Mm-hmm.